on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Gabe Neitzel. following the All-Star break over the Colorado Rockies right here from American Family Field. I am Gabe Neitzel getting a dinger out of uh, Hunter Renfro for the second consecutive night and getting another strong start from a member of the pitching staff as Brandon Woodruff goes six innings tonight, uh, gives up just the one run. It, it was a rocky first inning, gives up the run, but settles in after that, hits 100 pitches, strikes out eight, only four hits over the six innings, picking up his eighth victory of the season. We're going to break this game down, we're going to hear from Craig Council, and we're going to talk about some of the things that happened off the field, including the extension of Aaron Ashby earlier today, but we begin Brewers Extra Innings by welcoming in from Bally Sports, Wisconsin, Vinny Rotino. Vinny, welcome to the program. Excited Gabe, to have you. Yeah, Gabe, thanks. I'm excited to work with you on the program here, so this is this is great. Well, So let's start with Woodruff. I guess we'll go smaller picture here. What did you see was the difference between the first inning where he goes 20-plus pitches, kind of struggles, and then really settles in the rest of the way in the final five innings? What was the difference for you? So the difference is uh, is the command of that two-seam fastball. You know, we saw this last time out against the San Francisco Giants. Here, here's been his kind of progression here ever since he got off the IL with that dexterity in his fingers issue, right, he, that, he, that he really couldn't feel the baseball. He comes out against Tampa Bay back on J, uh, June the 28th, and he's dominant. He's dominant again against the Pirates, again against the Pirates, uh, two in a row against the Pirates. And then we thought, okay, this is the Brandon Woodruff that we know and love. Then last time out against San Francisco, he, de- he, he survives. Five and two-thirds, five walks, though. Really uncharacteristic of Brandon Woodruff, and it was the, it was the two-seam command. Um, that I saw. And so he kind of went more towards the four-seamer. This same thing happened to him this time out. The two-seam command was kind of elusive to him in that first inning. He settled in nicely. He started burying it in and really commanding it well to that arm side, especially against right-handed hitters. And that opens everything else up for him um, when he's able to bury that two-seamer and really command it to that inner part of the plate. It opens up that slider, opens up the the curveball, even though those aren't his best secondary offerings. It is the changeup. So that's what I saw. He really settled in nicely after that first. So why does he lose kind of command of it? Because I'm sure there are fans just out there going, why doesn't he just do this all yeah. the time? But I, it, it's not that simple. It's you know, I look at it as like a shooter. You know, in uh, you know, Chris Middleton for the Bucks, every once in a while has an off shooting night. It's just kind of one of those things we just don't have the right release point. Yeah, that's it, and and it also has a lot to do with how he syncs up his delivery. Look, baseball. Looks really, really easy on TV. I assure you it's not, right? I mean, it, it, I mean, it's like, why can't they just hit that ball? Well, it looks like an aspirin tablet coming in at 98 miles an hour, and you can't even see it. You have to decide to swing before he even releases it. So, so pitching as well, right? So it's like, why is he missing his spot so badly? Well, with Brandon Woodruff specifically, what you do see is that if you slow down his mechanics – it's when he is not staying back on that back leg long enough. And it is a matter of milliseconds as to the timing of, of how that all works. Now, he's not thinking of that. He's not thinking of the timing. He's just thinking he's got a couple of cues, I'm sure, that Chris Hook has helped him. And Chris Hook is a master at helping guys kind of understand their bodies and how it works and what cues they have to focus on in order to get them into that right timing. But that's it for Brandon. It's staying back on that back leg just a millisecond longer. And then he's able to really 
drive through the pitch and kind of just be synced up. And he, he talks about that all the time. It's surprising as good of an athlete as he is. Um, and as short and quick of an arm stroke that he's got, you would think it would be easy to time it up, but it, it's, it's hard for him and it's hard for most guys really. Um, and he needs that more than anybody just because of it, his fastball command is, is, is probably, I mean, everyone's fastball command is important, but not so much for like a Corbin Burns or like a Devin Williams. Cause they can just throw it somewhere in the zone and get outs. But for Woodruff, he's got to really have good pinpoint command on that fastball in order to open, open up the secondary stuff. If you are one of those people that Vinny is talking about and think it's easy to hit, you know, when you're watching your television, I cannot recommend following the social media account Pitching Ninja enough. Yeah. Um, that, that just kind of explains, well, why did he swing at that pitch in the dirt? Well, because on the same release point, it was, you know, 95 on the outer half of the plate. So you got to make a decision, and sometimes the decision you make is wrong, and you end up chasing. But uh, yeah. Woodruff was fantastic tonight uh, after he settled in and, and did find that release point on that two-seamer. Let's stick with the pitching staff because the Brewers made a couple of moves off the field uh, today. One of them was bringing in Jake McGee, who had a tremendous year for San Francisco. Not quite sure why he's been struggling with the uh, Giants this year. He was uh, released, and, and the Brewers ended up picking him up. What do you think Jake McGee can bring to that bullpen for the Brewers? Another lefty for Craig Council out of that pen. I love this move by the Brewers picking Jake McGee up. They did a similar move and picked up Hunter Strickland last year, right? So he he ended up settling in with the Brewers. Look, first of all, Hunter Strickland was really, really good with the Tampa Bay Rays. He goes over to the Anaheim Angels in a trade because the Anaheim Angels, I'm talking last year now, 2021, Anaheim Angels were really struggling in their bullpen. They picked him up, and he was atrocious with the Angels comes over to the Brewers in a similar move, uh, just a, a waiver claim, basically. I think they traded him for cash or something. And then, again, the Brewers are able to help these guys out. I see them doing the same thing with Jake McGee. He's get, they're going to be able to figure something out with that delivery, tweak something. And they talked about on the broadcast how how tremendous this organization, not just Chris Hook. I tweeted out Chris Hook is going to sprinkle his Chris Hook magic on this guy, and all of a sudden he's going to be an integral part of this bullpen. I, I actually think that's going to happen, but it is collectively this Brewers organization as a whole is really, really good at helping pitchers out, finding some little tweak. With Jake McGee, here's the thing why I love this move so much. His velo is still just as good as it was last year. And, he, and like you said, Gabe, he had 31 saves last year for the San Francisco Giants. He really struggled this year. He gave up a bunch of home runs. Um, I think in general that San Francisco Giants team lost a little, little bit of its magic that it had last year when they won 107 games, and that matters. How you perform is you know, similar to how the team is performing. It's contagious. So I think coming over here to the Brewers, I think he's going to be a nice addition to that bullpen. What I'm looking forward to for him, as this is Brewers X earnings, Brewers victorious over the Colorado Rockies 9-4 tonight as we talk with Vinny Rutino. It's another guy who has experience with 31 saves last year, yeah. getting those last three outs of a game. And if you've watched baseball, you know how hard that is. So it just gives them another option. You know, if Josh Hader's up against the wall a little bit, you want to give him a little bit of a break. Once you kind of get that confidence back in McGee, and he had a tremendous out, he got three outs on just 11 pitches tonight, but most of that, uh, you know, very very, very weak contact against this Rockies lineup, which is pretty good. Having that option of, okay, we've used Hader. Maybe it's best if we don't use him in this game tonight. Oh, we've got someone who had 31 saves last year. That's what I'm excited about. That's a great point, Gabe. Yes, because at the end of the day, like, 
you know, okay, I'll just, I'll just use a guy like Jake Cousins, for example. As tremendous of a job as he did last year and the ability to get outs with that slider, it was really like a, a, a dominant pitch last year. One of the better sliders in all of baseball we saw from Jake Cousins last year. But you stick him in that closer role, it's going to take him three, four times in order to just settle down, get his feet underneath him and be like, okay, this is just another inning. Uh, I can, I can perform the same way I perform. Like that, that matters. Like the inexperience of a guy like that, or just take any guy like a, a Jundel Gustave as well. Like just take any guy without any closer experience. Um, they're going to struggle probably their first few times out in that role until they get comfortable. Like you said, Gabe, this guy's been there, done that. He's, he's older, he's experienced. You have no worries and no concerns whether or not he's going to be a deer in headlights out there in the ninth inning with the game on the line with runners in scoring positions. That's an excellent point. Brewers having an offensive breakout tonight. Three runs in the fourth, thanks to Hunter Renfro. Five in the sixth. They added another run in the eighth inning. Nine runs, 12 hits for the Brewers. We'll continue to talk about the game. We'll continue to talk about the Brewers' offense with Vinny Rotino. Plus, we'll get his take on the Aaron Ashby extension. That's all coming up on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Outfielders very deep for Renfro. One. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left center field and the Brewers have the lead. A two out three run home run from Hunter Renfro. His 15th. 3-1 Milwaukee. A bomb from Hunter Renfro that ended up going 424 feet here at American Family Field as that gave the Brewers the lead that they did not give back tonight. They've won their first two games post-All-Star break. 9-4 the final over the Rockies this evening. Hunter Renfro, back-to-back games with home runs, and it looks like he's starting to get healthy and maybe starting to get hot uh, as we continue to talk about uh, the Brewers with Vinny Rotino here on Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Gabe Neitzel. So it is the second consecutive night with a home run. Is is Hunter Renfro one of those guys that can just get hot and kind of carry the Brewers' offense for a week or two? Yeah, he is. Uh, I just, I mean, flat out answer is yes, he is. We saw this from Avisail Garcia last year. As much as I kind of was just lukewarm on the player of Avisail Garcia, I thought it was some some kind of mental lapses at times, out especially on the outfield. Um, uh, you know, he did carry the team with being that big right-handed bat in the lineup uh, at times. And you know what? This Brewers team, as inconsistent as it's been for stretches, they need that guy. They need the guy to be, um, you know, that anchor is what I call that. So anytime a guy is hot like that, we've seen this from Willie Adamas. We've seen this from Rowdy Telez as well. When they're hot, other teams always are kind of leery of when that guy is coming up, like planning, you know, who, who do we have to pitch around or who, who can't we pitch around in order to, so he doesn't, you know, come up that next inning, you know, work their bullpen appropriately um, just to kind of avoid any kind of unfavorable matchup against a Hunter Renfro. So, yeah, it is a very important bat to get hot and to be in that lineup and to be healthy, quite frankly. I think we saw him get hot when he was healthy in the first half and then just the injury bugs kind of hit him with a couple of those soft tissue injuries. So it's been a big deal that he's been out of the lineup. It's really a good sign to see him swing the bat well. Yeah, you just kind of look at the month of June and, and when he got beat up and then gets put us, uh, you know, put on IL at the end of that. He now has a seven-game hitting streak, and 
who knows what happens in a couple of weeks, Vinny, when it comes to the you know trade deadline, if the Brewers add someone, if they don't, but the way that you've heard David Stearns and Craig Council kind of talk about, well, hey, we've got to look internally as well, and our offense just has to get better with guys playing better. And this is somebody, when you look at what he did, especially last year with the Boston Red Sox, I think this is a guy that when he's healthy in the middle part of that lineup, he just makes the Brewers that much better. Just a, yeah, it, just a dangerous bat in the middle of the lineup. Therefore, you cannot allow guys in front of him to get on base because he's going to hit a three-run homer like you saw tonight. I mean, that ball was absolutely – I mean, that was one of the harder hit balls that I've seen, although it only registered like 107 on the, the exit velo. Sometimes I think the track man is broken because that thing got out of here in a hurry on a line shot uh, and went four, 424 feet. So um, and, and it's a guy who – I talked to Connor Dawson and Ozzie Timmons about Hunter Renfro, and he's a guy that continues to make adjustments um, to what he's doing. I mean, was he 29 years old? So, I mean, he's right in the middle of his prime. If you're looking at, you know, the data and the analytics, they all say guys start to really take off in their 29, 30, 31 ages, and they really hit their peak. So we got Hunter Renfro at the right time. Um, and I, I think there's more in there, right? I mean, again, I, I, we have not seen the best version of this guy yet. Um, we've seen it in stretches, but consistently, I think I think he's going to be a guy that can really be a, a very important and productive offensive player for this Brewer team for the next couple of seasons. Somebody who was really productive for the Brewers last year was Colton Wong. He was the leadoff batter. He was so consistent at the top part of that lineup. Has had his struggles this year. Another guy who's kind of been beat up. Do you think he might be clicking two hits last night? Now three more tonight. Maybe the all-star break just got him that rest he needed, and now the veteran is ready to be a major contributor once again. Yeah, I mean, yes. And, again, anytime you can get offensive production in today's day and age and consistent offensive production, uh, that is a huge plus because it is harder to hit now more than ever. I've been talking to a lot of different guys around around the game, um, a lot of different hitting coaches and scouts, and asking them why it is so hard to hit. It's just because of all the different uh, – the ability for pitchers to do all this kind of pitch design stuff and the velocities are so high. And so it's just really difficult to hit. And when you get a guy like Colton Wong, who hit last year, had a career year last year, you know, he hit 14 home runs last year and he had, you know, the highest slugging percentage of his career. He really kind of got into some power numbers and really was hitting the ball over the yard. We have not really seen a consistent version of Colton Wong yet this year, although, like you said, he you look at his numbers since April. I mean, his April was absolutely atrocious and he's, he's pretty respectable since then. And so I just think he's kind of ramping up and getting his feet underneath him. He's, he's fine finding a new home a little bit lower in the order because Christian Yelich has established himself as that leadoff guy. And so I think that's part of it. Um, just finding that new role for himself and, um, you know, yeah, I think he is, he's, he's just kind of getting into his own. And that happens as a player. You just get into the season a little bit. Um, you forget about the numbers that are on the scoreboard. You just stay in the moment and battle against pitchers. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, man, I can hit the ball over the yard and, and I've got good rhythm and timing. It's just a feel thing. And I think Colton Wong, Colton Wong is finding that right now. So the Brewers are victorious 9-4 over the Rockies, but they also made a pretty big announcement before the game, Vinny, as Aaron Ashby has signed a five-year extension with the Brewers. It's going to keep him with the crew through 2027, and then they have 
team options for 2028, 2029 as well. Very reminiscent, a little bit more money for Aaron Ashby than Freddie Peralta, but very similar contracts when they signed Freddie back in the 2020 offseason before COVID and everything hit. But when they signed Freddie to that extension, and then Freddie continued to blossom and become the starter that we saw last year and into this year before the injury sidelined him. By the way, Freddie Peralta going on a rehab assignment soon as well for the Brewers. But what did you think about the announcement of the extension for Ashby today? I absolutely love this extension. Um, This is a guy who there was some question marks, um, and I think he's answered them and then some about whether or not he's a starter or, or a reliever. I think he's a starter. I think it's hands down he's a starter. The only reason why you or when you look at the delivery, it's just a little bit unorthodox. You don't see guys that are starters in the major leagues for a long period of time that have that big head pull. But he is so mobile, right? He is so flexible. He is such a, a great athlete, this guy. Um, I think he's able to repeat it. I think he's able to make adjustments off it. I think he has tremendous feel for the baseball. You talk about the instincts, his pedigree, being the nephew of Andy Ashby, ex-major leaguer. Like, that all matters. Um, I, what a tremendous signing. I think this is a big win for the Milwaukee Brewers and for the organization, for the city. I think this guy is wise beyond his years. You, you hear him in an interview. You can't cannot believe he's only 24 years old. So um, the way that he has poise on the mound. Um, and, and look, he, he doesn't give up hard contact. I mean, this is a guy that gets – ton of ground balls and swing and miss, which is totally rare in the game. You either, you either get a lot of swing and miss or, or, um, or you get a lot of ground balls. It's usually not one or the other for, for some of the top arms in the league. Um, so this guy gets both, and, and I think this is a, a really nice signing for the Brewers. All right, so before I let you go, I'm going to have you put your general manager hat on. If you were in charge of the Brewers and you could lock somebody else up on the roster for an extension – who are you signing up? Ooh, um, my goodness. I mean, it would cost a lot of money, and I'm going to say the obvious answer, but it's it's Corbin Burns. I mean, <laughs> I just – the guy is just so good. I, and, it, you know, their, their window, the Brewers' window, seems as if it might close a little bit once Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff do hit the open market on that free agent market. So if you could lock up a Corbin Burns, again, I don't know what those dollars would mean or look like. It is a risk, uh, you know. Anytime you do lock up a pitcher for long term, they are, they are you know they're all injury risks. I mean, you, you are throwing the ball as hard as you can a hundred times a night, thirty five times a year as a starter. So um, they're all injury risks. But he is that good. Brandon uh, Corbin Burns is absolutely that good. Vinny, certainly appreciate the time tonight. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Look forward to talking to you again right here on Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.
down the lineup and everybody was contributing. And even though Andrew McCutcheon did not have an RB, or excuse me, he's the only Brewer starter who did not have a hit. He's the only Brewer position player who played who did not have a hit tonight. He still had a walk that was key in the Brewers' three-run, two-out rally in the third inning that ended with the three-run shot from Hunter Renfro. As the Brewers win 9-4 over the Colorado Rockies tonight here at American Family Field. I'm Gabe Knight, so with you and ring the bell on another home run. Just mention it from Hunter Renfro. Even when it's not Gettle season, you can still help the Salvation Army step up to the plate with love beyond the bases this baseball season. Donate now and ring the bell at SalvationArmy.org. If you're looking to get into tonight's program, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That is the uh, Annex Wealth Management talking text line. Like We got one here from Mike in Colorado. Finally, convincing offensive win over a team they should beat convincingly. Some routine errors are worrisome, though. That's from Mike in Broomfield, Colorado. Not too concerned about about the errors, I guess, especially once you grab that lead. Uh, you know, A couple of things can kind of happen from time to time. Uh, one of the errors ended up being on uh, on Urias there at third base. Kind of a tough hop that ate him up, and that happens at the hot corner uh, from time to time. But the big news today for the Brewers was the extension of Aaron Ashby. And I'm excited for this, and if you're a Brewers fan, I think you should be as well. You hope it works out as well as it has with Freddie Peralta when they signed Freddie to a similar deal. And it's a good deal for Aaron Ashby because it gives him that that stability. It gives him a little bit more cash up front. These are the types of deals that you used to see in baseball quite a bit. Now, obviously this deal, not to the extent of what the Brewers did with Ryan Braun back in the, uh, you know, late parts of, uh, of, of the two thousands, but you know, this was an extension that a lot of teams would like to do. You see a young player, you try to give him a little bit more money up front, and you hope it pays off in the back end. The Brewers have team options for 2028 and 2029, and if Aaron Ashby can really come through for the Brewers, this could end up being a steal of the deal, much like it was for Freddie Peralta. And Ashby, only being 24 years old, to have him under contract for the next five years, you're hoping that he continues to grow, and he continues to get better, and if he does, it's just going to be that much better for the crew to give them a a little bit more insurance because who knows what happens with Brandon Woodruff who knows what happens with Corbin Burns as they'll be eligible to become free agents after the 2024 seasons the Brewers still have control over both of those players for a couple of years but bring stability past that 2024 season for the pitching staff that the Brewers may have to retool with a little bit. But it got me thinking, and I asked the question of of Vinny Rotino, who joined us earlier here on Brewers Extra Innings, who would it be? Who would you pick if you were you know, a member of the Brewers front office to be that guy that you want to be extended next? And you can join this conversation, again, 855-616-1620. Vinny decided to go with Corbin Burns. But would you go with Brandon Woodruff? Do you think that the Brewers would be able to do something like that? Would you go with a position player? I think that's what I would look at. Maybe start to look at that position player and and maybe look at Willie Adamas just as much as he has meant to this team as that emotional leader, 
And I understand maybe the offensive batting average isn't there this year. Still has hit 20 home runs, most home runs of any shortstop in the National League. He leads the Brewers in that category as well. And maybe you could get a deal done where it's not going to be incredibly expensive. Now, Adamas is a little bit more well-established. Obviously, so is Burns, so, so is Brandon Woodruff when you compare him to an Aaron Ashby type. So it's not going to be that super team-friendly deal that Ashby just signed. But who would you want to see next to be extended by the Milwaukee Brewers? 855-616-1620. And it's a thought. I think you can start entertaining because the Lorenzo Cain contract is going to be coming off the books at the end of the season. Yes, Lorenzo Cain is no longer a member of the Brewers as, as they designated him for assignment earlier this year. But that $18 million salary is going to be opened up. And maybe you try to spread that around and you, you know that the arbitration salaries are going to go up for Josh Hader and they're going to go up for Burns, they're going to go up for Woodruff, so maybe you take that money and try to spread it around that way and don't spend it necessarily on just one player. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Brewers do with that extra $18 million because of the way that you know everybody knows the, the, the Brewers aren't going to be spending the, the types of monies as the, the Yankees do or the Red Sox or the Dodgers you know, at the top of the league. So you have to be a little bit more creative, which is why you see the deals they've made with Freddie and, and, and the deal they came to an agreement to with Aaron Ashby that was announced today. But if you want to extend someone, who would that be? Again, I I just lean towards Willie Adamas. I have so much fun watching him play and and be that leader. And even in the time with the ankle injury that he's dealt with this year that he's had to miss, you can notice it, that the energy is just a little bit different. He's one of those guys that takes everybody and, and brings him up to their level in terms of the energy and the love that he plays with. Again, 855-616-1620. Doug chiming in. He says it's got to be Burns or Adamus because Adamus is the glue. And the tough part about doing it with one of the pitchers, especially if it ends up being Corbin Burns because he has that Cy Young award to his name, it's going to be expensive. And I'm curious to see if the Brewers are willing to take that gamble and make that bet on a pitcher. In... In the time that they have been owned by Mark Atanasio, for the most part, and the Brewers have had some very good pitchers, I mean, obviously with Corbin Burns. He's won the Cy Young. CC Sabathia came through here. He was featured in the what year is it thing on the scoreboard this year when CC Sabathia in 2008 came in and won 11 games for the Brewers, or when Zach Grinke was traded for helping the Brewers get to an NLCS back in 2011. But Grinky was eventually traded. CC was allowed to walk. And when it comes to having that top of the line, and I'm talking about top, top of the line, Cy Young award-winning type material like the three pitchers I've mentioned, the Brewers just haven't gone that direction. When they've decided they want to spend money on a player, typically, the big money, I should say, typically it's been the position player. We saw it with Ryan Braun. We saw it with Christian Yelich. We saw it with the contract that Lorenzo Cain got when he came in here as a free agent. And while that was in top-of-the-line money, $18 million a season is still a significant portion of what the Brewers spend on player payroll each and every season. So if they were to decide that, you know what, we've got Aaron Ashby locked up, 
maybe we need to lock up Burns. Maybe we need to lock up Woodruff. And again, Burns would probably be the more obvious answer, I would say, just because he's younger than Woodruff. He has the Cy Young to his name, but it would cost them. And is it worth having him around, or do you just go through the arbitration process and continue going that direction if you are David Stearns in the front office for the Milwaukee Brewers? 855-616-1620. If you were to see one Brewer be extended, who would you want to see it be after Aaron Ashby gets a five-year extension that could have two more years? with team option years on the end of it that the Brewers announced today. And it's a great deal, I think, for Ashby. It's a great deal for the Brewers as they have that young pitcher that they can lock up and hopefully they can continue to work with and grow and he can grow into something um, more than what he's been this year. And I think he's been a pretty good pitcher this year. The ERA numbers may not necessarily reflect that, but if you want to dive a little bit more into some of the more uh, deeper analytics, it would seem that Ashby has had, uh, you know, Ashby is going to be, I think, a guy that's going to continue to grow in this Brewers organization. Do want to put it out there and just remind everybody that Dodge County is under a tornado warning until 11 o'clock, certainly within the WTMJ listening area. So if you're in that Dodge County area, which is where I grew up, by the way, that Dodge County area, uh, they are under a tornado warning until the top of the hour at 11 o'clock. Still have to hear from Brewers manager Craig Council, and we're still going to continue to talk about this. If you were to extend one Brewers player, who would that next player be? If you were in charge of the crew, who would you want to see extended? We're going to continue to take your texts. We'll take your calls at 855-616-1620. All that still to come on Brewers Extra Innings. victorious tonight, 9-4 over the Colorado Rockies from American Family Field. I am Gabe Neitzel. And hopefully everybody out there in Dodge County that's listening tonight is staying safe as that tornado warning still has 29 minutes left on it. Brewers look good tonight as they you know, were able to fight their way back. Last night was an interesting game, a long game. They fight it out in extra innings, and they're able to bounce back tonight. Got a good starting performance out of Brandon Woodruff. Struggled a little bit in the first inning, but got it together. Ended up throwing 100 pitches. Goes six strong while striking out eight before turning it over to the Brewers bullpen, but thanks to a big five-run bottom half of the sixth inning, the Brewers didn't have to use a lot of the big arms that they ended up having to use last Last night, so you didn't see Boxberger, even though he started to warm up. Instead, it was Trevor Gott who came in. You got to see Jake McGee make a a debut tonight uh, as well. We'll get more into McGee in just a little bit. But we are taking your calls. We are taking your texts on the Annex Wealth Management Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. After Aaron Ashby received an extension today from the Brewers, very team-friendly. He gets some more money up front as well. Who do you want to see be that next player? Be extended. Do you want it to see? Be Devin Williams as fun as he has been. Now, Williams still has three years of arbitration left before he would hit free agency after the 2025 season. Maybe you would want to see, as, as long as we're talking about the bullpen, maybe you'd want to see somebody like uh, Josh Hader, who just has the one year of arbitration left after making $11 million this year. And you'd like to see Hader stick around as dominant as he has been out of the bullpen. Um, so, 855. 855- 
616-1620 is the number to get into the program. Let's go ahead and send it out to the phone lines. I, I missed the name. I know they're in Baraboo. Uh, who, who do we have on the line again? We have Doug. Doug, you are on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome to the program, Doug. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, well, I do know. I would go with uh, Willie Adamas if you're going to go with position player for an extension. I mean, I, you know, I, not, you know, I'm not being facetious, but I, to me, there's not really a, a lot of choices. I mean, you, he's got, he's, you know, he fits the age. He's a great shortstop defensively. He's got the power, and uh, and he really brings a lot of enthusiasm. Boy, when he was injured, um, you know, I like I like to sit on the right side uh, so I can look and dug out. And when when he was gone there for a while there, there wasn't much excitement in my in my opinion anyway. But that leads me into this Keston era. You know, what are we going to do? What's going to happen with him? He's he's really good at times. He sent them down with this good batting average. And is he going to turn into? Is this going to be one of these Nelson Cruz types of things down the road? Uh, it's just. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things, and, and I appreciate the phone call, Doug, especially when you start talking about these players um, who, who have kind of struggles when they get to the major league level. And Keston Hero, when he was a rookie, had a tremendous rookie season and just hasn't been able to find a way to take that momentum, capitalize on it. You know, pitchers in the league figure him out a little bit, and he's got to make the adjustments. I know the the big talk with Keston this year, he's kind of changed his adjustment at the plate, tries not to have the big left you know, big leg kick as when he when he's in the batter's box and he's tried to make those adjustments and he for the most part made the adjustments. Now he ends up being the odd man out as he ends up being sent down. You know, he has options left, so he ends up being the odd man out. I, I don't think that's the last we're gonna see of Keston Hero for the Brewers this year. But I and I'm not saying that Keston is this guy. Sometimes some guys are just it takes them a little bit longer. Nelson Cruz was mentioned there. Clearly, you want to talk about Nelson Cruz, and I understand that 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 might be a name that has uh, for some Brewers fans. You know, you go, "Oh man, that's the one that got away." You know, they ended up trading him. Well, Nelson Cruz was available before he absolutely took off and and had the career that he's had over the past decade. The Texas Rangers put him on waivers. Somebody could have claimed him. And this was after the Brewers traded Nelson Cruz. Nobody did. And then he's, you know, somehow figured it out. The guy who's going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, the lone Baseball Writers of Association uh, selection for the Baseball Hall of Fame this year with the ceremony tomorrow, David Ortiz. He's another guy who took him a while with the Minnesota Twins. He just didn't have the right hitting coach. They had him trying, you know, to go opposite field, opposite field. He, he ends up, or excuse me, that you know, he, he, he's trying to pull the ball a little bit more when he's with the Twins and ends up kind of putting it all over the field when he gets to Boston. He's using the Green Monster to get extra base hits, doubles off the Green Monster out there in Boston. So it just sometimes it takes having the right coach and everything, everything click into place. And unfortunately for Keston Hira, it just hasn't happened yet. As for Willie Adamas, uh, Doug, you, you're not the only one who, who, who has that opinion of Man, when he wasn't around, the energy level just seemed different looking from afar. Certainly not the only one who who thought that. And from a position player standpoint, if you want to start talking about extensions, yeah, he's about the only one. 
that that would make sense to to give that extension to, you know, that Aaron Ashby got. And granted, because Willie Adamas has had success now at the major league level, what he did with the Brewers last year, I know the batting average isn't probably where a lot of fans would like it to be, but the home runs are. And that leadership aspect is, and that leadership aspect is important, and that is worth something. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, because so many of these players that they have on the roster that you would consider core players, guys that we've really talked about, Tonight, outside of Josh Hader, Hader's the only one they've got to make a decision on this offseason. Because he's got one year of arbitration left. It doesn't seem like they're going to pay open market pricing for Hader. Does he end up getting traded? Do they decide to ride it out for the one more year and, and have him stick around being that ninth inning guy? Or do you slide Devin Williams into that role? He's got three years of arbitration left. The, the core players that, that you think of, for this Brewers team, the Burnses, the Woodruffs, you know, Freddie Peralta is going to be under contract for a while. Uh, Willie Adamas is still under team control for the next two seasons. And, you know, if you want to keep that core together a little bit more, maybe you try to extend a couple more of those guys. But they're performing at such a good level, you're not going to be able to keep them all. And that's where the farm system is going to have to replace it or... David Stearns in the front office are going to have to continue to be creative when it comes to filling some of the holes and some of the gaps that they have on the roster. Like Jace Peterson's been. I mean, Jace just went on IL, but Jace Peterson is somebody that's been playing so many positions for the Brewers. He's filled in at third base when Urias hasn't been able to play, and he's been one of the more consistent offensive performers in terms of getting on base. He's not a guy that drives the ball out of the ballpark like Renfro or or Willie Adamas do, but he's somebody who gets on base and can set the table for those guys, and that still has value as well. And he's been an excellent pickup for the Brewers over the last couple of seasons. So can you continue to find players like that while having a couple of those big back still in the the middle part of that lineup if you are the Brewers. They're victorious today is the crew. 9-4 over the Colorado Rockies. We are going to hear from Brewers manager Craig Council coming up next right here on Brewers Extra Innings. The pitch, Tyrone lines on the left. And around third is Grasso. Here comes the throw. It's going to be late. It's 9-1 on a base hit by Tyrone Taylor. Every Brewer who played in tonight's game had a base hit, except for Andrew McCutcheon, but he had a key walk that led to a key run. Early in the game, he scored on Hunter Renfro's three-run shot as the Brewers had McCutcheon's walk, Colton Wong's base hit, and Hunter Renfro's home run all come with two outs in the inning. They took a 3-1 lead and never looked back against the Colorado Rockies tonight here at American Family Field. Gabe Nigel at AmFam Field. Time to listen now into the Brewers manager, Craig Council, as he met with the media right after tonight's game, and he began talking about how well the offense played tonight. Yeah, uh, we did. We did a nice job on offense today. Uh, I thought Arena was, you know, he was he was really good the first three innings. Um, I thought Hunter's hit was was huge. Um, you know, obviously, it's a three run homer, and that that's a big deal. But um, you know, I gave gave Woody a little bit of breathing room. You know, he gave up that run in the first, and it was a little. You know, I, I thought he threw the ball well. Just you know, guy guy made a little bit of a mistake, and guy did a nice. And uh, Rogers did a nice job. Um, but then Woody got he he was just really good and I thought gutted himself through the sixth inning and pitched um, and that's how you put up zeros. 
Is that one of, more, one of the more positive signs going forward is just how well Brandon Woodruff has pitched? You know, it looks like the usual version of himself. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's... That's. I don't think that we were ever concerned about that. I mean, the injury probably set us back a little bit, but I. I think in the end, the in, you know the injury is going to help Brandon be really effective the rest of the year. So, um, he's he's relatively fresh, throwing the ball really really well. Sinker is definitely back. You know, for whatever struggle he had before the injury with the sinker, it's that's not a concern at all. It's it's real right now, and, and you can see by the broken bats uh, that he's getting. So. Um, yeah, I mean, very happy to hand him the ball every every five days. How, how does that change things for him when he's got the sinker and how that can also help his more team? Yeah, I mean, it, it just opens up the plate for him. Um, for right-handed hitters, you know, that, that ball inside is they have to cheat to get to it. Um, even cheating to it, I don't necessarily help him get to it almost. So, And it's late, so he's getting swings. He gets swings off the plate on it. Um, and, and those are the broken bats that you see. Um, and it, and it, it just op- it opens up the other side of the plate for his breaking ball and t- for him to, to, to throw a fastball over there as well. Around for the, the second homer in as many days, obviously big. But legging out that single there in the beginning kind of kept that going. That's kind of you know, pretty key hit. Yeah, no, it was for sure. And then Vic delivered the big kind of big blow. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean the home run. I thought just the way Randy was pitching um, to get to get us a lead. Um, I thought it just was big. I mean, he, Randy was he was tough. He, he was throwing the ball well. Um, got some double, some nice double. They turned some nice double plays to get themselves out of innings, um, and it just kind of stopped their momentum. Brewers victorious tonight, nine four over the Colorado Rockies. That was Brewers manager Greg Council talking about uh, really the offensive performance tonight was what he's. Sp- kind of specifically talked about and Brandon Woodruff, how he got that two-seam fastball under command, the way we heard uh, Vinny Rotino talk about it earlier tonight on Brewers Extra Innings. But Hunter Renfro, two more hits tonight, including the three-run bomb, second consecutive night in which he's hit a home run. Last night's coming in extra innings with two outs, two strikes, Hits it to tie up the ball game. Brewers eventually win in 13. And, and tonight he hits the two-out three-run home run in the bottom of the fourth, giving the crew a 3-1 lead, a lead that they would not relinquish. We spent time tonight talking about Aaron Ashby and his extension. But the Brewers made a sneaky good move today, a move that I think that they've been famous for, kind of making some of these moves that slide under the radar that end up paying off dividends later down the season. I'll tell you why I am high on Jake McGee and that signing coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Maratini lines one into the right field corner. Two runs are going to score easily. They'll hold Renfro at third on a scorching double by Caratini. The offense, certainly the story tonight, is the Brewers defeat the Rockies 9-4 and American Family Field. Brewers winning their first two games post-All-Star break. But it's one pitcher who made his Brewers debut tonight that I am really excited about for the rest of the season. And it seems like a big nothing. But I think he could pay dividends for the crew. Jake McGee made his debut tonight for the Brewers. Threw only 11 pitches. 
got his three outs and moved on. But he really struggled this year for the San Francisco Giants. He's a 13-year vet in, in the majors. But the velocity is still there. And for whatever reason, he struggled with the Giants this year. 1-2, 7.17 ERA whip of over 1.5 in 24 appearances. But this is someone who a year ago, 2.72 ERA. Career best, 31 saves in 62 appearances for a team that won 107 games. So he was used to pitching in high leverage situations. And for whatever reason... In baseball, it seems that a change of scenery can help turn a guy around, whether it's the coaching staff that they just say something that clicks with him or they see just a little mechanical flaw that went unnoticed at the previous stop. And McGee looked good tonight. Didn't have any solid contact, a couple of pop-outs, a fly-out in there as well. And if he can regain anywhere near the form that he had last year, this could end up being a steal for the Brewers for the rest of the year. Josh Hader looked good last night. Was able to bounce back after some rough performances heading into the All-Star break and had a good outing for the crew. But if he's at a spot where he maybe is a little bit tired, you need to turn to somebody who's got ninth inning, high leverage experience, you can turn to McGee. Because he's been there. He's done that. Yes, it's nice to have Devin Williams, and he can slot into that as well. But maybe McGee then takes Williams' spot, or he ends up taking Boxberger's spot. This is somebody that helps the Brewers continuously shorten the game. You can work matchups a little bit more with another lefty coming out of the bullpen if you're Craig Council. I absolutely love this move. It is the ultimate low-risk, high-reward move that the Brewers need to make. And... If it pays off, their bullpen becomes that much more dangerous. And if McGee isn't, can't regain the form that he was a year ago, it's, again, a low-risk move, and I think it's absolutely worth the gamble to see if he can recover that form. Because if you add him to the trio of what Boxberger, Williams, and Hayter have done, that is going to make the Brewers that much tougher in the postseason. Can you imagine having to go up a team against a team with somebody who had 31 saves last year, plus the three-way that Williams, Hayter, and Boxberger have thrown this year? On top of that, you think about how well Burns has looked, the way Woodruff has looked. Freddie Peralta, he's got a rehab assignment starting tomorrow if he comes back. The way Aaron Ashby is thrown at times this year. Brewers obviously very bullish on him after giving the extension earlier today as well. Uh, this is just a move that is going to fly under the radar. It's not going to be noticed by a lot of people, but I think ultimately it could be a big-time move that helps the Brewers succeed in the postseason. We'll see where the Brewers stand in the standings. See how the Cardinals did. Take a look at that out-of-town scoreboard. All that still to come on Brewers Extra Innings. victorious tonight, 9-4 over the Colorado Rockies. Gabe Neitzel, American Family Field. The Brewers go for three in a row against Colorado tomorrow. Eric Lauer on the mound for the crew. He'll be going up against Chad Cool. After the Brewers are still a game and a half uh, up on the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals for first place in the National League Central Division because the Cardinals defeated the Reds at 6-3. Brewers winners tonight, 9-4. This has been Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ.